Welcome to the Root in the Fountain podcast, a lively conversation about all things prayer. Because as St. John Chrysostom wrote, prayer is the root, the fountain, and mother of all blessings. I'm your host, Veronica Jarski, creator of Paper Dolly and the Invisible Scar Passion Project. And I'm joined by my good friend, Kathy Duffy, author of Everyday Evangelism for Catholics, a practical guide to spreading the faith in a contemporary world, and creator of Kathy Duffy Reviews. So today we'll be talking about prayer journals, prayer request books, and adopted ones. Before we begin, why don't we talk a little bit about why someone would write anything down? What is the purpose of having a prayer journal? That's a a big question because people have all kinds of different things in mind. When you say prayer journal, that might be more like a diary or it might be uh, just interactions during your prayer time, interaction with God, things you're hearing. Or it might be the prayer request book that you're you're mentioning. Um, so maybe for our purposes tonight, let's kind of separate that out and talk about journals as a separate thing from a prayer request book, because I want to get into that in more detail. But the idea of writing it down is important because we make breakthroughs so often during our prayer time, and we need to remember those. We need to revisit them. And it's important to write down those events so that we don't forget. We do forget. You think, oh, no, I'll never forget that. You know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So it's important to write things down. And it's even more so when we're doing prayer requests for other people, as we'll get into later. I was thinking about the importance of prayer journals, obviously, in preparation for the show. And at the same time, I've just been, I just finished reading this book by Eric Larson. He writes, I want to say fiction, but it's not fiction. It's he writes history but it feels like fiction, like literary fiction. It has all these details. I recently read a, a book he wrote, and when I flipped to the back of it, because he always has his notes of his research, he writes uh, how many people's diaries he reads and journals and like their, and their day books, which is just like, woke up, did this, blah, 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 you know? And I was just thinking from all those little details, he's able to craft this incredible book. Of course, and there's so much research involved, but through following the, the daily mundane little task of Marconi, for example, because the book I read was about Marconi. He was able to fashion it. I was just thinking, it reminded me of prayer journals where I'm like, if we write a little bit every day, sometimes they're great breakthroughs. Sometimes it's just the ordinary, but through all those little ordinary bits of pieces, it's our, it's our life. It's a story. Well, and And, that's uh, how we know so much about some of the saints from what they wrote down in prayer journals. Some of them wrote more biographical information down but a lot of them it was just their notes on what god was doing in their lives and we have that rich wealth of material to draw from from their experience so would you say if you're trying to get into journal writing should you try to do it every day how long should you do it like how do you even get started writing a journal (laughs) when we did the ignatian exercises we were journaling regularly uh mostly every day uh, we were supposed to. I, I think I got a little lazy about it as time went on. Um, as, I, as I think I've mentioned before, that's just not really my thing. I'll, I keep prayer requests, but I don't do the journaling all the time. I do it more sporadically. But uh, I think if you're going to start, you need to figure out a rhythm that works for you. Because if doing it sporadically means you don't do it at all, <laughs> you know, that there's no point. And so if it's if you're like that, and you need the discipline of having that journal there and writing something down in it every day, then do it. If you can 
get to it without having that daily discipline, then that's okay too. Again, there's no hard and fast way to do this. Yeah. I think some people sometimes feel like writing, is, it's like school. Right. Yeah. You know? And, and, and for, for you and, and for me too, like writing it, that's work. Yeah. That's something we do all day. So yeah, <laughs> you know, my, my journal writing has not been as consistent in these yeah. last several, several years because I write all day. By the end of the day, I'm like, I have no more words. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna paint. I'm gonna do anything but words. So, right. but it's interesting though. The get, uh, I think it was last week. My husband was on this deep cleaning tear. He just likes to do this every now and then. Just go through everything we have and just like chuck things out. Like we don't need this, don't need that. And he came across my uh, my prayer journals that I forgot I had. And I just sat there reading them. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it was, I'm so glad I did that because it was from the beginning of RCIA. So I can see my conversion happening, you know, my, my first big one, because sadly it doesn't, it doesn't always stick for so long. Like you have this big conversion, it always needs to be refreshed. But yeah. my big one, um, when I came back to, my heart came back to the church and just reading how every day I wrote little things that I learned quotes, it's like saint quotes conversations. Every time I talked to someone about the faith, that conversation was reported yeah. in grand detail. Yeah. So I, so I was reading that and I was thinking, this is going to be great stuff for the podcast. I've known such good people with amazing <laughs> advice. So, but just, yeah. and just, but it's the mountaintop experience. They're feeding that desire to write it down, but we don't all live on the mountaintop all the time. No. And then, well, so there's one really like awesome journal. And then another journal, it's when I'm having a really hard time. It's like, Oh, look, she, of course that always happens. You have these great, wonderful highs in the faith. And then you just, you know, you get this opportunity to see who you are without all those consolations and everything. And you just sort of like, Oh, this is me in the desert, wandering around, trying to remember my story. But like you said, it's really good to write that down as well. Right. Then I can go like, wow, I really hit a low point there, but Oh, look, Veronica kept praying. Okay, good, Veronica. And then other times, oh, Veronica, why didn't you pray some more? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's like we're reminding ourselves always our own story as well. Because, you know, like when you read the Old Testament, you know how they're, the Jewish people are always reminding themselves of their story. Remember when we were slaves, you know, that first and second, right. you know, at that time. And remember how God rescued us. And we always have to remember our story. And I feel like, well, in, 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 um, and I think it was in the Chronicles of Narnia. I think was it Aslan who someone said, like, remember the signs. You just you have to keep remembering them. Yeah, well, that's why God put so many of those. He made those commands in the Old Testament. Well, like, have them build altars to remember and do this to remember. And, you know, the Passover to remember what he did. Right. Uh, we, he knows we need those things to help our memories because we do so quickly forget how good God is, how he answers prayer, how faithful he is. Yeah, I had a the priest who told me during that time, which I I remembered because I read it in my journal, <laughs> that he said in the hot, you know, in the in the great time in the how do you say it? Like in the joyful times remember your sorrow and in the sorrowful times remember your joy. And that's how you stay steady in the faith. Because so many times people who start you know, they're in that falling in love phase with the Lord and and God is such a lavish and generous you know, love. And he'll just like, he'll give you all the things. So, so he just like woos you and you fall in love with him. And then he's like, okay, well, you know, now, now where you're at. 
And then you start go, wait, I want that. I want that romance back. And then the Lord's like, but you know, we've moved on. We're a little deeper now in this relationship, but you just, we have to keep on reminding ourselves so much, so much of the faith is just like going back to the basics. Just remember, remember, do this. Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes we make it too complicated. I think this applies to everything we're going to talk about tonight that, you know, we don't want this to be a burden. It shouldn't be complicated. Um, you just do it, whatever yeah, is and, the simplest way. Yeah. And like, and you said how a journal can take so many forms. For example, one of my sons was going, he had all these deep thoughts and he's not a writer. He he's a storyteller. All right. He, but he's not, he doesn't like to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, but he was saving his thoughts as a recordings on his phone. Cause he had lots of ideas or he just like did a little notepad. So he said it was less overwhelming than open up, you know, a word doc or a Google doc and have this blank page. And, you know, I have to share my feelings or opening, I, I've or opening like a journal. I've had people give me gorgeous journals that I never use because yeah. there's always so much pressure. It's like, <laughs> look, this is like this gold encrusted, beautiful, lavish journal. And I'm like, Oh, like I have to have like serious deep thoughts for this thing. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. So my ideas are like on post-it notes and, <laughs> Yeah, well, I spiral notebooks, and you know that's what I ended up using more often than not. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's like that's really beautiful, but I'm never going to use it. So I, yeah, I have a lot of beautiful empty journals if anyone wants one. So yeah, so he 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 recorded on Notepad. Um, simple, like again, you can just be a simple piece of paper. I I just remember that it was Solanus Casey, Father Solanus, is he blessed? I think he's blessed now. That he just had a little piece of, he just had like a little notebook and would just write, this person came to the monastery and asked for this. And just little notes like that simple. And that was enough for what, it was enough to help him to become, you know, blessed. So Yeah. Well, and even if recording isn't bad because now with voice recognition software, you can pretty easily turn those recordings into something printed if you want to hang on to it, which I think might be a good idea. For some people, the the act of writing is just way too difficult. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do that rather than not do it. Yeah. And 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 for some people, to be on the opposite side, some people really love the whole experience. They have, you know, just the most, they really get into their journals. I know people who have like all like the stickers, all the amazing, like beautiful God is love stickers and it's like washi tape. It's this really beautiful decorative tape and their journals are so see, they deserve those fancy journals. <laughs> they're, they're doing a creative memory version of this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and the people that spend an hour a day on it too, that, you know, just love writing and, you know, can't wait to get to their journal. There are people yeah. that do. And it's important though, too, that to remember that when you do a prayer journal, that it is a different it should be a different kind of writing. It's not necessarily, you know, like you can, you said, like you can write about your day. You can also like letters to saints, letters to God, that kind of works, but it's okay if it's free form. Jot, jotted notes like you might take in a class, you know, whatever, whatever helps you get it down and remember it. I've had, I've had journals where this is confession time. I've had journals where it's been a really rough time and my pen wouldn't keep up with my thoughts. So I just scribbled like literal scribbles it just starts out, Lord, I'm having a hard time. But the like for some reason, I needed like the pen with the paper and that touch was very like 
emotional and releasing to me. So it's just like this page with like this giant black scribbles. And I was just like, I did like 10 of those. It was a really dark time. And I did all this bunch, bunch of stuff. And then um, when I was done, I was like, all I have is like 10 pages of just these black smudges everywhere. And I'm like, well, that, ca- that captured my mood. That was wow. where I was at. And then I saved it. And then I wanted to get rid of that journal. I thought, no, this is a good thing for me to remember. And then later on, uh, when I looked at it, I could see that dark scribbly time. And then there was like my getting out of that dark scribbly time. Where yeah. like, Look, I put a coherent, I put one coherent <laughs> sentence. And it's like, I recommend therapy for people who go through really dark times. <laughs> Helps me out of black scribble time. But it was, you know, just, it was important. And I think that if you are writing and you are feeling like you just want to like, just, just do it. Like, who cares? Like no one was over my shoulder saying, Veronica, that's not even a letter. <laughs> that's a smudge. Who cares? Yeah. It's communication. No one else ever has to see it. Right. And I, I write as if no one will ever see it. That's the thing, right? Like sometimes people are like, but what happens if like, you know, my kids see it, my spouse sees it. That's why I've burned some journals. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> my, my high school journals do not ever need to be seen. No, but not my, but I'm not talking about prayer journals, but like yeah. it, with prayer journals, I do think that people are sometimes afraid. Like what happens if I share like this sad thing or this dark thing, but. Ah, uh, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Depends how secure your journal is. <laughs> That's true. And, um, and sometimes maybe it's just good just to get it out, you know, not, maybe not necessarily even keep it just. Right. Just get it out. Yeah. Just writing it down and then rip it up and burn it. Just that page. And stomp on it and bury it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and let, let, let's never speak of that page again. I was also thinking about journals as like letter writing, like a, le- like a letter to the Lord, a letter to, to a saint. I don't know if, have, have you ever done like that kind I of writing? Or no? I haven't. Um, no? It's more, not letters, but conversations sometimes. I, I write as if I'm talking to God directly. Just Which you are. <laughs> my conversation. Yeah. Well, just, you know, here's what I'm saying. And this is really, you know, and then here's my sense of what I'm getting back. You know, what you're saying to me, God, you know. Really? So you write both? Yeah. That's interesting. Because it's, you know, because I start out with what I'm thinking and, you know, and then he's speaking to me, you know, I'm, I'm it's a conversation. It's part of the prayer conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not separate from prayer. It's part of my prayer. Right. I just, know I hadn't heard before that people write both parts down. I mean, of course there's those books where it's like, where people are like, this is God talking to me. And, you know, but. <laughs> well, I don't put, and God said. <laughs> no, but God has direct dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I think that's, I want to have to explore that where you write what, you know, you're feeling and then what you feel God saying. Cause I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've done that before. Hmm. Well, it's it's that, there. well, it seems that, you know, the, the purpose of prayer is communication mm-hmm. and it should be two way. It may not be in the same session. Hmm. Sometimes okay. we're, you know, we're taking something to God, you know, and, Maybe we're complaining or whatever, but we're taking something to God and, you know, maybe over days, weeks, whatever, and you don't hear clearly what's supposed to come of it for a while. But then when you get the insight, you know, so the conversation is spread out over time, oftentimes. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. But so often it is. 
I haven't done the two in one entry, but I have written, I feel like this is what God is saying to me. Or like, you know, allegedly God said this to me. I have to wait and go talk to you know my priest, you know. The- yeah, we well, need to test, you know, that sometimes what we think we're hearing from God tested to, you know, make sure it's not just, you know, us talking ourselves into what we want to hear. Yes. I think uh, our pastor, our pastor, when he talks about prayer, he always, he has a little part, a little, a little bit in the middle of it where he always says, you know, if you're talking to God and God sounds exactly like you, you're not talking to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so if it's all comfortable and it's just exactly what you would choose and it's, it's like you know what you're fine you're you're doing great and you can just stay where you're at it's like oh okay yeah <laughs> that's not, not, not likely <laughs> no I, yeah I think sometimes it's very you know that you you'll hear something you know when it God's speaking to you you get this thought in your mind that's like out of the blue it's not what was in your mind Right. It's kind of off in another direction. Uh, this, I, you know, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but I was praying for some relatives, a couple, and they're far from God. And I was just praying for them to get close to God. And you know, I've prayed this over and over again. And what came to me was, they're my lost sheep. And I was kind of taken aback. And I thought about it. Oh, yeah, they were both baptized. I don't think about that because they've just been away from, you know, all their lives. You know, right. I don't think about that. They're baptized. God's got a claim on them. They're, they're his lost sheep. And it's a different way to think about them. I think about the good shepherd right. uh, going after them. So he's with me in this prayer thing. Mm-hmm. If he considers them his lost sheep, you know, he's concerned, you know, it's, it's, it's comforting and assuring. Yeah that he cares about them too. So that's the kind of thing that helps me sort that one out. Right. I'm thinking we'll have to have an episode about discerning, discerning what you hear in prayer, because it can be, it can be quite interesting. Yeah. Wild. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what I I briefly did mention the letters to saints. And so I'll just talk quickly about it because I have done that before. Another episode, I talk about my M&M's, St. Maximilian and um, Blessed Miguel. Um, Miguel. Blessed Miguel. (laughs) Say it right. And I have, when I adopted Maximilian Colby as my dad when I was 12, I didn't didn't quite understand how active that would be. And... Of course, I adopted him at 12. I moved to California at 14 and just fell asleep in my faith for a while. When I came back, though, I did, I felt like I needed to address him, like just, hey, and and because I'm a writer, I thought, well, I'll just write him a letter. (laughs) So I have a notebook and I'm like, okay, dear Maximilian Colby. And then it felt so formal. So then at some point, like as my relationship grew, it became dear Max. And then it's like, dear Papa Colby. And just talking to him about things and just like, and just acknowledging like, you know, I, how I felt about him and the example that he's been and, and what I could learn from him. And he just, I just wrote so many letters just because I felt he was such a a significant hero to me. And, and, and not, and I didn't write to him and not talk to God and, and not talk. Of course, he's the best, he's the best friend. He's, he's always pointing to God. He's always, that's, According to Jesus, that's his, that's his thing. He's a saint. 
but I like having those conversations with him. And sometimes I just write it down because sometimes, you know, things happen and you're like, wow, it was there in prayer that I learned this or that. And, and, you know, he's a patron saint of editors and writers. So of course, I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> it's all getting through. It's all getting yeah. through. So, so that's something that I, that I've always done that. I, I tried to a little bit with Blessed Miguel, but it didn't, I, it didn't felt natural. And I thought, well, I don't feel it. Then what's the point if I'm not growing from it? And it became like a high school, like a school assignment. Where it's like, well, I got to write to him. It's like, no, let's yeah. not do the forced pen pal thing. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> no, that's exactly. That's a great example. If, if it's something that works for you, then do it. There, there's so many different ways to do this. Yeah. And it, and it does help your relationship with different saints. And I don't know, just, <laughs> and I'm always surprised other people know who Maximum Colby is, which is really funny because, you know, you develop this intimacy, like with this, with the saint, just through like praying and asking for prayers all the time. So whenever I see someone else that's like, oh, we really love Maximilian Colby. I'm like, you don't know about him. I didn't know you knew him, <laughs> which is so dumb, which is ridiculous. Cause I'm like, oh, that's right. Not, not, not in the, like, he's mine. He's my saint. Not that way. But I'm more like, oh my goodness. Like you're part of the, you're part of the the fan club for, you know, lack of a better word. The, so it's yeah. really funny. So he's got a pretty big fan club. So he does. But it's it <laughs> you know him. <laughs> well, he was so obscure. Like when, I mean, I think he's really like people really have gotten to know him more, but it was like a long time where it was like, I remember having to explain who he was. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like who's your patron saint for like for confirmation name. And my confirmation middle name is Maria. And I chose it because I couldn't think of anything else at the time. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll just choose Mary in Spanish. Cause you know, Veronica Maria, you know? And then when I, and that during that confirmation mass is when the Bishop talked about Maximilian Colby and he called him Maximilian Maria Colby. And I'm like, and that's who I'm also named after. So I Excellent. took him as, so, you know, it's just, you know what? This is not a podcast of Maximilian Colby. <laughs> But it could be. <laughs> there are different saints we feel close to, and you develop that relationship. However, it works. Yes, yes, that's a very good point. Thank you for bringing it back <laughs> to the topic. But um, so we have that, and we also have that. I know, really excited to about talking about this because this is just this is a favorite topic: the prayer requests, the yeah. little prayer requests. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, I'm going to start with some history here. Um, prayer request, I, I call it a prayer journal too. So I'm, I'll probably mix up the vocabulary because okay. that's, the, you know, that's the one that's going all the time. I've got actually two different books, one that I write in uh, for the journaling type thing, mm -hmm. but my prayer requests are in their own book. Now, I guess you could mix the two. There's no rule that says you can't. Okay. Rule breaker. <laughs> right. But we started with this when my three sons were pretty young. They were probably about oh, eight, seven, five, you know, uh, nine, I don't know, somewhere at those ages, you know. And I heard somebody talk about prayer journals, and I thought, hmm, hadn't seen one, hadn't done one, but I thought, well, let's start that. We were doing prayer time together. We were homeschooling. So we're <laughs> starting out our day with prayer time, you know, it's Bible reading and you know, prayer time. And uh, this is back in my Protestant days. But we would 
talk about things we wanted to pray about, people we wanted to pray about, whatever it was. And the purpose in my mind was to help them understand that God was real, that he did answer prayers, that he wanted to be involved in their lives. So we wrote down each of those prayer requests and I put the date and, you know, then we go through them and, you know, we keep adding them and then we would note when the prayers were answered, with the date and how they were answered. And that was the most amazing experience because God wanted my sons to know how real he was. And he really answered those prayers much more than, you know, normally you would expect uh, quickly, you know, answer those prayers in ways that they could understand. Anyways, I, I, some of them were so personal. I get, I have to be careful about, you know, not sharing things that, you know, would uh, <laughs> yeah. be inappropriate for, you know, people that we know. But uh, God intervened in people's lives in miraculous ways. And, you know, the kids could see we were praying about this thing and boom, boom, there's this amazing answer. And it really built their relationships with God, their understanding of God. You know, they could never know that God wasn't real after going through that. We, and we did it for years. It wasn't just a short-lived thing. We did it for a long, long time. I think probably by the time they got to be teenagers, we were all you know, getting too busy and <laughs> kind of went by the wayside. But uh, that's where it started with us. Mm-hmm. And then I've done a similar type of prayer journal off and on over the years. I've got, like you said, lots of, lots of these journals hidden away somewhere. I don't even know where they all are. But it's, it's sometimes been sporadic. But I'd say I've been pretty consistent about it for at least the last 10 years. I've lost track. I should go back and look and see, but it doesn't really matter. Um, But keeping that journal and praying for the prayer request in that journal uh, regularly, almost almost daily, every once in a while I I miss, or I just lay hands close to the journal and say, God, pray, you know, everything that's in there. I'm too tired. But, you know, being consistent about it and maintaining that journal and following up on the prayer requests that are in there. And we, we can talk more about that, but I'd, I'd be curious to know how you got started into this type oh. of prayer journal. So I had not known about prayer request journals until the Alpha program, oh. which was about, what was the first Alpha program that we had? at our 2015, program? I think. Okay, so it was about five years ago then. Because I was, I think I remember with being at the, I think it was the first session and one of the, for, I don't know if I let people who know who, what alpha program is, but well, you're, you're better at explaining what the alpha program is. You want to explain really quickly what it is? Alpha is <laughs> a basic evangelism program. That's good for everybody. The unsaved, the, you know, the saved, you know, churchgoers, a uh, great way to deepen your understanding of God and your relationship with him or to even discover God. So it's, it's, it works that way, but it, it involves uh, sharing a meal, watching a video, and then having discussion, and then later in the session, praying for one another. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that what you said, that it's for everyone, even though it's basic, because, again, it's going back to the, to the basics as part of, part of our faith. And it is basic because it asks you to think, you know, who is God? What is my relationship to God? What is prayer? which are all very basic questions that we should revisit. Right. Some of us never have, you know, we, I went all the way through Catholic schools and 
a lot of those yeah. questions never came up. Yeah. Or I had, or I went through them and then, and then answered them and then, you know, and they come up again, but then you go through a course and someone mentions it again and you're like, what do I think about? Like, how would I define that? What, you know, what would I say? And during one of those, the, the guy in the video, the guy, I'm, you know, he was, <laughs> he was a lovely man, a lovely pastor. And he was sharing how he has a prayer request notebook. And he was sharing how he has, I forget how, like just a ton of these. And he just writes it all down and just how that's part of his normal routine. And I was like, wait, why, like, why did I never hear about this? How did I not know this exists? And I don't remember if he said this or it was me just thinking a lot about what he said, but it made me think about how prayer should be intentional, how it needs to be something that isn't on the fly. It's well, it can be on the fly, but I mean, it's something that we need to be present for prayer. I know there's a big movement now with people like mindfulness, like we have to be mindful, which is a good thing. If you think of it in bigger context, like I think of it as the bigger context, I'm mindful of God creating the world and constant creation of the world and and us. And so for prayer to me, I I kept thinking, oh, when he mentioned that, I thought prayer to me is for me to sit down and really think about those prayerful moments and the request and to, in a sense, to honor that person's request. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's much more than that. Sending kind thoughts off into the ether, you know, <laughs> right. say, our prayers and thoughts are with you, you know, and that's the last of it. Yeah. Right. There's no serious prayer involved in that. So what you're yeah. describing is serious prayer, not just kind thoughts going into nowhere. So after I read that, I thought, well, I'm going to try to do that. And I started using an app, which I cannot remember. I think it's called, was it Echo? I can't remember the name of the app. And I used it for a while, but then I do love my paper. I love paper and pens. <laughs> So then I just thought, no, I'm just going to have a journal because it just feels more, it feels slower and it makes me not zip through it as fast. Some people love apps, God bless them. But for me, I can go through an app so fast, like just praying for that person. Boom, boom, boom. But a a paper slows me down. I mark that I prayed for the person. So then, yeah, so that's when I started doing that. And, and just when you pay attention to your prayer requests and how they're being answered, it's, it's so amazing. It's like, how did I not do this my whole life? That's something we, we need to tell everyone do this because you can see the amazing, wonderful things being answered. And then you see these long, arduous years of praying over something. And it's like, (laughs) you know, we just finally had a a prayer answered. I think I told you the other day and I've been praying for this thing for like five years and finally God answered it. And I was like, that is the most amazing answer to that prayer ever. You know what? I'm going to mention it really briefly because I mentioned in the last podcast, it had to do with my son's back and how he was always praying for it. And he was really frustrated. And we've been praying for him for relief for his back for the past four years. And just this week, this week, it's been four years. And every time we prayed for it, it was always felt like God saying, just wait, just wait, just wait. And this week for the first time we've seen, he's having so much more, he's having great pain relief. He's feeling better. He's just all these miraculous little things happened. So but having it been in the journal, I'm like, oh, finally, <laughs> finally, I can put a lot of happy face. It's been there forever. <laughs> right. But um, and also, I think when you have a prayer request journal, I think people take you more seriously in the way that if someone, when we were at the prayer booth, if someone came up to me and says, "Oh, can you pray for me?" and you whip out a little notebook 
You know, you're not doing it for show and tell. You're doing it for like, no, I want you to know that this matters to me because it matters to you. So if you whip out a little notebook and I've done this before, just whip it out, get my little pen. I'm just wait a minute. Like, okay, I'm put the date down. And they're just looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm writing this down. And then I think they're just, I think they feel a little more loved because you have that moment. And then, you know, they don't realize I'm going to be following up. We're going to be praying. (laughs) It's like, we are going to surround you with an army of angels. Right. Well, and I, I don't think, yeah, people aren't used to people that they share those things with taking them seriously, praying about them consistently over time and following up. And that's another reason for writing it down. And I, I want to jump back to this thing about using an app. I imagine you could do it with an app. I love doing it on paper because of the way I do it. Mm-hmm. I write write it down, but I, it, you know, it's not a big explanation. It's a word or two, whatever I need to remember what it is I'm praying for and the date that I start praying. And then I will sometimes add a note or two if something changes or whatever. Sometimes the prayer request shifts. It needs to be going another direction. I don't know. But when those prayers are answered, I put the date and I draw a line through because I know it's answered, but I don't cross it out. So I can't see, I, I put a line through so I can still see it. And then I can go back through my journals from, you know, from time to time. And I can just be, that's Thanksgiving time. Oh God, here, look at all these things you did. Look at how you moved in all these situations. And it's a great way to pray that prayers of Thanksgiving and praise, which we should be doing as much or more than we're doing the, the prayer request. That's that's where the paper comes in handy. It just works easily for that. And I can quickly just sum through my pages and see where things are at. Every once in a while, I have to go through and update because I've got almost everything crossed off on a number of pages. And so I go through and I call out, okay, I've got some still hanging in there. So I recopy them <laughs> up to the new, you know, keep the old date on there, but recopy them. So they're they're still in there getting prayed for. And, you know, I know that I don't have to go through every time I'm going through past pages, I'm not having to go through 10 pages. I can, you know, so I can get through it efficiently. It's really just efficiency. And it's also just, and it's, and it's a very basic form. It's just a good reminder because, well, in the past, before, I, before Alpha and my discovery of what apparently everyone knew about this prayer request thing is that someone would say, oh, can you pray for me? And I would say, sure, I'll pray for you. And they'd tell me. And then sure enough, back then, I, I wouldn't pray in the moment. All those moments lost, but I didn't know. Now I know. <laughs> but I would I would say, sure, I'll pray for I'll pray for you. Of course I'll pray for you. And then by the time it was night prayers, I'd completely forget. And I'd say, Lord, I pray for, you know, I ran into somebody today, or the may or maybe I knew their name. Oh, I ran into, you know, Frodo. Uh, I'm just using names that no one could <laughs> could not be anyone. <laughs> I read into you know Frodo Baggins and he shared something and I don't know what it is, but Lord, you know what it is. And it's like that's great and God does know. But what about a little more? Show a little more love for your brother and sister, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it does it does matter because when you write those down and you're praying for people regularly and you really care, I I hope you really care. That's the motivation for doing this. If we love our brothers and sisters, you know, we, we want God's best for them. So you care. And so I will follow up with people from time to time 
not not a nagging thing. Um, and, you know, the ones I'm praying for salvation for, I'm not going up to them and saying, are you saved? But I will. Jesus now. <laughs> but I will try to have conversations that bring up, you know, spiritual aspects just to kind of get a gauge on how they're reacting if anything's changed. A little bit subtle there. But uh, other people, when, you know, if they're praying for something in their health or whatever, I will I will go and ask them. Uh, there was a gentleman at, in our parish who was on, on the prayer list. And I know him. And he's a little bit older. And when I saw his name on the parish prayer list, on the bulletin, I thought, oh, no, I have no idea what's going on there. So I started praying for him. Then when I saw him at church, finally, you know, we see each other so seldom these days, I asked him. Turned out it wasn't a, a big deal, but, uh, you know, something, an ongoing issue that, you know, crops up every once in a while, but it gave me a clearer idea. But, you know, I care for, I care for him and I wanted to know, wanted to make sure. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think that matters to people. It matters to me if someone is paying attention to the things I've asked for prayer, if they follow up and ask about it. And, you know, surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, that rarely happens. You know, there are a few people in my life who I know are praying for me and will ask from time to time. But um, most of us, and I used to be this way too, you know, yes, I'll pray for you. And, you know, it's, it's just words. I think what you said is so important because it reminds me of another conversation we had about the I'm so bad with this word. The specific, the specifics. I've got specificity. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> the specific. God loves us specifically, and it's also a beautiful thing when our brothers and sisters, when we can love them specifically. And I just remembered I was watching this. I'm not even going to say that what I was watching because it was one of those hokey Christmas holiday movies. I don't know. I watch it. I watch it because I like the snow and all the mittens and everything. They make and you feel good, and that's okay. They do. I don't care. I'm like, as long as ain't nobody sitting, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> you know? so I was watching it, and of course, I mean, and it could be it could be any movie during the Christmas season because they all have the same theme here. But like, it's always a big deal. This always happens, right? So the girl, when a girl, you know, goes to the coffee shop and she meets in like this guy, and if he her friend like if he gives her a coffee and he doesn't know what she likes in it it's like oh like he clearly doesn't care but if it's like the big romantic hero always gives her her coffee and it's like look it has like two scoops of like it has not two scoops but two spoonfuls of sugar and a little sprinkle of cinnamon just like you like it it's like oh he took the time to care right so somehow that reminded me of god (laughs) in that in that and, and for each other because if you have you know if you have a friend and they say, Oh, look, I, I brought you this because I know you love this or like, Oh, you know, I, I was, they, they know that you're the specifics and the loves that you have. And that should be the same way with our prayer because how much better is it? If someone came up to me and said, Veronica, I'm praying for this specific intent rather than, Hey, I was thinking about you instead of prayer for you, which is fantastic. And I'm incredibly grateful for it. But if it's specific, it's more like, Oh, like you asked, like, you know me. You brought me the hot chocolate with the extra sprinkle. <laughs> well, you know, and that brings us into, the, you know, the idea of praying for people who don't even know God, people who aren't believers. I I find it, um, you know, really useful to, you know, to pray for those people, too, because they get a sense of feeling that God's real when we pray for them. Um, I know we'll get into that more later, but it's important that we let people know we're praying for them, that they, you know, that they 
know it, feel it, and uh, we follow up on it. Yeah. And I think that's also a good benefit of writing it down is you can review it. And, and having reviewed the prayers, when you see those people, you can ask them by name. Because I've asked people, I'm like, oh, how is this person's name with this thing? And they're, and and sometimes people are surprised. Right. And, <laughs> and they're like, wow, you remember that. And I think, yes. And, and none of this is to be like show-offy. It's not like, well. I'm so holy that I remembered your request because that, that kind of ruins the whole thing. Like if you're right. just like bragging about praying, like I have such a great prayer where it's not about that at all. It's more like, well, I always tell people, I'm like, oh, I write little things down and just, you know, so they know I can be forgetful about such things. And just, it's not a bragging thing, but it's more like a, an opportunity to be very personal because you can't, I guess you can pray wrong. <laughs> you can pray. I mean, Jesus gives an example, you know, in the, what is in the synagogue where the person prayed, you know, thank God I'm not like that guy. So you can't pray the wrong way <laughs> and, and, and brag. But no, this is more like when you have the request and you mention it to someone, it's more like a, it's a loving thing that you do because you care because that's the root of it, right? Prayer is a fuel for everything. Yeah, so. I, think, I think people will sense the reality of what you're doing. I don't think, I, I guess I've never had anybody react in a way that, made this strange people are surprised like you said sometimes yeah they're surprised but they're glad uh yes yeah i don't i don't ever feel like it's coming across in a bad way sometimes uh even people feeling surprised can feel a little awkward but yes it is yeah but not bad it's not bad it's it's awkward well i mean in in praying for others you do put yourself out there to be awkward sometimes i mean you know and you know what? That makes it's good. It's good to be awkward sometimes because you don't want to get comfortable in prayer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, you started, uh, you gave us a perfect segue into the adopted ones, which is something I'm extremely passionate about, as you know. Right. This, when I heard what you were doing with this, I was, I, this is really great. <laughs> something <laughs> I haven't done the way you have. Yeah. I don't even know where this idea came from. I know there are a lot of people that they, they do, they, they adopt, you know, they say, I'm going to adopt this, you know, this cause in prayer or this person. But so I guess I should define what I mean by my adopted ones. I was my adopted ones and they can be your adopted ones too. I have a notebook, a sketchbook actually. And in it, I write down all the people that I have adopted in prayer, which is a very basic way to explain it. The reason it started was it was in 1998 uh, where I had a miscarriage, our, our first boy. I didn't carry him to term. So my husband and I were sitting in the parking lot of I don't even know where, and we were near a hospital window. We weren't at the hospital. We were like the place next to it. And I had I looked over, and there was the nursery. Like the window was open, and you could see all the babies there. And I was just looking at those babies thinking, man, I really – how I wish – I had my baby and there was this one baby that was particularly fussy. He wasn't like the other quiet little babies. <laughs> this was a little fussy little guy and he was being rocked by one of the nurses and he was being rocked back and forth. And I had like so much love to give to a child. I had so much feelings and love and all this. And I just didn't, you know, love spills over. You can't contain it. Right. And I was like, what do I do with all this love that I feel for a baby? And so I told my husband, I'm like, I'm adopting that baby. That little baby is now going to be someone that I pray for all the time. That's what I did. In that moment, I was like, little baby, 
And, you know, Lord, I know this, you know who this child is. I have no idea who this baby is, but from this moment on, I'm going to be praying for that child. And it's been 20, I'm so bad with math, like what, 22 years that I have been praying for this baby who is now a full-fledged adult. And I've always prayed for this baby. And so that, so that started me on that, on this, this habit of just randomly adopting people. I just, it makes me happy. Just, I, and I have said, I've gone to masses and I've said, Lord, you know, I offer this mass for that little, for a little, that little baby who, and then the little baby that is an adult now. And I, yeah, I've prayed chaplets just whenever I have like this, whenever that feeling comes over me, that's like, you know, I need to, you know, you, you want to do something for someone else. I always include this baby. So not only him, but through the years that, that notebook has, so I put his name in or little baby at the hospital is, is, is what I call him, little baby at the hospital. And then I just started putting in this notebook, all the people that, that I feel don't have anyone to pray for them. After that, just briefly, but like I went to, I went to a blockbuster. So that's how long ago this was. And there was this girl, I was there with my daughter who was really little at the time. And so this lady, she looked at my little girl and she's like, Oh, they're so cute at that age. Not like this one. And she pointed to the 14 year old girl next to her. And the 14 year old girl looked at me and I looked at her. And in that moment, I thought it's like, we understood each other. Like she's looking at me like, can you believe what I have to put up with? And I looked at her going, I can't believe what you have to put up with, (laughs) you know? And I told the mom, I'm like, well, the baby, I'm like, the baby's really, my baby's, you know, they're cute at this age, but you don't get to really enjoy all the conversations and the hanging out that you do at that age. And I pointed to the girl and the girl just looked at me and it was more of those moments of like, eh, like, I see you, you see me. And, um, and so I went home and I just put her name's in my book too, Blockbuster Girl. That was, that was a long time ago. That was like 14 years. Oh my gosh. That child's like almost 30 now. (laughs) So so I'm not going to go through everyone, but just, you know, that's two of the people. And then I started remembering like child, like I would say, Lord, who do you want me to pray for that no one's praying for? And I remember this friend I had when I was like seven who lived in a trailer park. It wasn't that bad that he lived in a trailer park, but he had a really rough upbringing. So I put his name in there. I'm like his name. So just through the years, whenever I, someone tells me about someone or like I'm driving through this town and we have such a big homeless problem when I see someone, you know, aside from, you know, trying to, you know, to help out, I'll put them sometimes you can't even help out because some of them are, are sometimes homeless people are, we have a couple of scary ones because they just tend to be a little, a little violent. And so, but they need prayers too. And so I put them in my adopted book. So I have tons of people in the sketchbook and it's just called my adopted ones. And I'll just take that book and sit by the window and just start praying over everybody. Right. You know, that's beautiful. So, and I imagine yeah. anybody listening to this podcast will probably have even more ideas of ways to pray for other people, do prayer journals, keep track of it. I think the, the important thing too is in, in all this is that the prayer is a ministry. It's something we can do for others. And I know sometimes you're so busy. One is so busy with everything going on. Like I don't like right now I'm not volunteering at our parish. I mean, <laughs> there's not, not much going on, there's not much going on at the parish, but, um, you know, like even then, you know, if you have a lot going on with, you know, your family or you just don't have time to do a formal ministry, you can do the ministry of prayer. We're all called to do that. To me, the, the adopted ones was a way for also for me to be involved in an active ministry for people without it being very formal, 
don't have to answer to anyone but God. <laughs> no, no one needs to know about it except I, I didn't even talk about it for like so many years. But then I was talking to one of my friends and she was saying, gosh, I really wish I could do something for other people, but I don't have any time because I have like, she has six kids. And I felt like God was like, you know, mention that. And I'm like, well, I have this adopted ones idea. And I told her and she's like, oh my gosh, I need to have that. She were done. Get a new notebook. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that hard to do. Mm-mm. Just just do it. And the, the opportunities are amazing. And for those people who are really shy and afraid to ask what to, how to pray for people, the adopted ones is an <laughs> easy way. You know, don't have to talk to people. You can just see people who are in need and pray for them. Yeah. Very comfortable. Just, yeah. And just but that one's that's always tricky. I mean, there's no follow up in that one because I figure that it's going to be amazing in heaven when I see everybody. I'm right. like, hey! <laughs> like, I can't wait. It'll be a, it'll be such a joyful thing when, you know, on the other side of this life, you know, that hopefully I'll get to see what happened to that kid. You know, I'm convinced he was a boy. So I'll be really I'm like, well, you were a girl, <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? So, um, but it is a beautiful thing that we can all do for each other. All right. So we talked today about the different prayer journals, why to have one apps you can use, letters to saints, prayer request books, adopted ones. And so I think we've given a lot of ideas of what you can do. And of course, if you have any additional ideas, you can email us or comment. And uh, we're at the root and the fountain at gmail.com. Do you want to close us off with the prayer, Kathy? Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, We thank you that you give us the privilege of praying for others, that our prayers can make a difference in so many ways. I would just ask for a sympathetic heart that we would care about other people enough to want to pray for them, to want your best in their lives, and that we would put the extra effort out there to follow up to pray seriously, not to just toss off that, oh yeah, I'll pray for you and then forget about it. Lord, help us to be consistent and faithful in our prayers. And again, thank you for the opportunity of using us in this way, allowing us to be ministers of your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.